cracking lovely people welcome to the big feed up hq podcast i'm your host matt gardner and i'm a nutritional therapist specializing in sports nutrition thanks for downloading and listening in as always the podcast generally focuses on nutrition movement and outdoor experiences and at this point i have over 140 episodes up and available to you so after you listen to this one look back at some of the others and see which titles resonate with you and i hope you find something useful the show is supported by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. Use Matt10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. They've still got a Black Friday deal, I believe, on energy and immune support bundle, where you save £6, so that's 10 chia seed energy gels and their ultimate greens powder. Link is in the show notes. I use the energy gels on my bimbles generally when I sign up to an ultramarathon once a year. I'll have those pouches in with me, ready to go. You put water or coffee or fruit juice or whatever you want, shake it up, it's ready. And then the ultimate greens powder, I'll pop a tablespoon into a protein shake or sometimes I'll just neck it with water. So if you're keen on exploring natural sports nutrition-based products for fueling for recovery purposes, then definitely take a look and I hope you find something useful. The show is also supported by Attack the Day. Now, Attack the Day was founded three years ago by two best mates, Sam and Rory, who met through rowing. And now they've gone on and they compete in Ironmans against each other. They run ATD and seek to inspire others through a shared passion for mountaineering, outdoor adventures and all things fitness. ATD combined fitness, adventure and the outdoors in order to bring together a community of like-minded athletes and weekend warriors who love getting outside for epic adventures and inspiring others to live a more active and healthy lifestyle. You can find all their details in my show notes. As always, check them out on social media. You'll find their website in there and be sure to keep up with some of their events next year. I think they're looking at a 24-hour trail run around Snowdon, which sounds mad. Triathlon training weekends, hills in Tuscany. It all sounds brilliant, lads. So because you're a listener to this show, we have a code mat 20 and you can get (laughs) come on get it out you can get 20 percent off your first order so that's attackthedayco.co.uk right so if you listen to the show regularly and you think this episode other episodes will benefit someone else uh, have resonated with you then please share it's the only way the show is going to grow and if you haven't already subscribe on apple podcast spotify or soundcloud leave me a review or a comment that would be mega and you'll get each episode in your feed each week so today is a solo show and i'm covering the nine to five athlete so if you haven't come across that term before it's basically just made up and it's something where I'm dealing with a nine to five athlete almost on a daily basis. It's 90%, I'd say, um, taking up my client base. And what do I mean by the nine to five athlete? I mean someone who basically works full time, takes their sport, fitness and health very seriously. Someone who trains like a full time athlete on the side of everything else that they do. So you may have come across the nine to five athlete before you may be listening to this and be a nine to five athlete you may have a partner or a family member who basically has a foot down on the accelerator at all times in their professional career family life fitness and competitions and performing well is really the only option so 
hopefully after you listen to this you'll get a, a bit of an idea of how I approach the nine to five athlete um, I've been working as a sports nutritionist for close to 10 years I retrained in nutritional therapy in the last three years and I've basically been working in corporate wellness probably for the last five or six years so I just thought I'd record this because I'm having these conversations with clients and with people I work with and colleagues every day. I've written an article for a company called The Natural Dispensary recently on the 9 to 5 athletes and that will go out next spring. And I delivered a short talk, a sport bike that I'll put in the show notes uh, with Martin and uh, the, the sport bike kind of conference there back in the summer. And, and it's something that's just I'm really passionate about about this type of client and if you're listening to this and you are this type of person then I really hope you get something useful out of this show so let's get into things let's tease out the nine to five athlete so in my experience this individual sets an alarm early to wake up and exercise before work beginning maybe 8 a.m or 9 a.m so that means the nine to five athletes padding around generally 5 6 a.m preparing for a run or a cycle or a swim to engage in some strength training at home or in the gym for at least an hour before work. Um, usually with the people I work with, it comes with a boatload of coffee um, alongside a sip or two of water. If I'm lucky, then the person that I'm working with will choose to drink water, but that's not always the case. And then the nine to five athletes off. So depending on the nine to five athlete circumstances, then there may be a rush commute after training to an office or back home. If they're working from home for a quick shower, probably another coffee and, and grabbing a pastry or something and then engaging in morning meetings. So typically the nine to five fleet emerges at lunchtime around one or two for some air, um, maybe a bought lunch if they're working in the city uh, from, from like a local food outlet or a work canteen or something. Or if the nine to five athletes from home, like many of us are now, then maybe just a, a quick made sandwich or something to grab between meetings and um, whatever they're doing. Then it's back usually into a seated position for calls and meetings, all that jazz most of the afternoon, punctured by a quick look at the clock and an eye on the afternoon snack in order to provide energy for that second training session of the day after work. So the nine to five athlete will then finish work and engage in the second training session, sometimes lasting between one to two hours, depending on the training program. And this can be mixed in with the commute, family duties, general life admin, walking the dog, um, and then probably the nine to five athlete might not sit down for dinner until eight or 9 p.m. So in my experience, this tends to be more of a balanced plate of food, the main plate of food um, in the day where it's sat down, typically it's home cooked or it's bought from a supermarket or a food out outlet that's uh, probably from a healthy takeaway brand or something. So what I mean by that is there's usually a clear protein source. Um, there's usually some starchy carbohydrates and vegetables that grow above the ground. And then in my experience, the nine to five athlete, obviously this depends on the person, may wash that down with a couple of glasses of wine, settle back into some work or watch TV for hours, um, potentially dive in for handfuls of snacks. A lot of nine to five athletes I work with tend to grab sugary based snacks as a bit of a fix in the evening um, before heading to bed quite late, maybe in the early hours and then setting the alarm for the next day, you know, the next morning to get things going again. So um, just to be clear to reiterate on that, and it's a bit of a kind of like geek box section, if you're not someone that's uh, training all the time for 
let's just say triathlons, um, endurance-based exercise, outdoor activities, all those kind of things. Typically, this this person, this nine to five athlete, may engage in two training sessions, one to two days a week, um, usually between Monday to Friday. So a.m. and p.m. sessions and then the rest of the days in the working week may be made up of single training sessions um, and it's rare in my experience as a practitioner um, to, to see the nine to five athlete take a full rest day or two um, so that means no structured exercise doesn't count just walking and doing things like that dog walking going out for life admin we're talking no structured exercise rest days one to two full rest days a week it's very uncommon for me to see that and then on weekend days saturday sunday the nine to five athlete will usually engage in uh, a long run or a cycle or even both so a combination of, of the two maybe one after the other or maybe one in the morning one in the evening and that could be three hours plus um, so hopefully after this first kind of section to this solo pod you've had a bit of a grasp on the demands of the nine to five athlete the demands that they basically place on themselves so high training load usually in terms of volume and intensity so that's the physical side uh, late nights and early starts questionable sleep hygiene um, that's an important point i'm not going to go into sleep today um, i'm not a sleep specialist so i'm talking more around the the nine to five athletes environment and then the food and drink and how we're going to work around that uh, work and home life uh, tend to be you know full-on busy so lots of kind of uh, cognitive demands there breakfast and lunch and snacks are usually eaten on the hoof that could be challenging digestion we'll put a pin in that we'll come back to it and because of the high training load fluid demands are not usually met so if the nine to five athletes like me and they're training they sweat a lot they're on the move and if they're not sipping water if they're not waking up and hydrating rehydrating after training sessions then usually fluid intakes so and meeting fluid demands it's just not quite there uh, the evening meal tends to be more of a balanced plate of food often home cooked and there's usually cravings for sweet foods and or salty and fatty foods so look it's not all doom and gloom and the reason why i work with people like this and if you're listening to this you know, the reason why you you may do some of these things if you are the nine to five athlete is because, you know, you want to perform well, you you, you want to be healthy. Sometimes you want to look good naked, you want to get all of these things in. And um, that, you know, that's that's in essence where where the rub lies. How can you perform well? How can you look good? How can you feel good? And how can you be healthy at the same time? There's so many moving parts there. And it's brilliant as a practitioner to try to dig into that, figure out exactly what the nine to five athlete wants to achieve first. And then, look, we go after it and, and we start to put some things into place. So one of the tools I pull out of my practitioner's toolbox is this task management model. So Rebecca Scott, if you're listening to this, a brilliant physiologist an ex-colleague and oh, we chat a lot about behavior change habit formation and she got me onto this book um after some of the work i i read um when she had to put something together for a, a coaching course that she was working on really kind to send me her stuff uh, by a chap called stephen covey so it's the seven habits 
of highly effective people. Um, I've still got another hundred or so pages to read. Anyway, um, I've adapted it. So this isn't the, the task management model in its pure form from Stephen Covey, but I really like these four areas that he's brought up and I've, I've slightly adapted what I'm putting in each area. So there's important and urgent. There's non-urgent, but important. There's urgent, but not important. And then there's not urgent and not important. So say a nine to five athlete comes to me this time of year. We're in November 2020. They have their A race. So their main race next year, it could be a triathlon. It could be a sprint one or it could be all the way up to an Ironman. It could be a duathlon. It could be a ultramarathon, a marathon, whatever it is. They've got time. They've got six, eight, nine months. Hopefully some come to me, obviously, earlier than that. Um, and then there's a few things in there. They're thinking, I want to adapt my body composition. I want to get stronger. I want to get faster on the bike or I want to get faster at running. Um, and these are the things to consider. So where and what are we going to put into each section? Um, and as a nutritional therapist, I put my hat on. I'm thinking, OK, food, drink, where's all that going to come in? And what's the most important thing first? What do you want to achieve first out of body compositional change, out of performance and out of health? Obviously, I want everyone I work with to be healthy. But if you're if you're chasing that perfect diet um, for for health span, so living longer, feeling better, does that align with your performance goals? Does it give you enough fuel? Um, and does that align with uh, your, your body composition goals? So how many calories are in that perfect diet? And does that sit for you? Does that mean you can maintain weight, gain weight or lose weight, etc.? So if I just give an example here, I could place uh, for a nine to five athlete that I'm working with, we could choose um, in the important and urgent bracket. We could look at overall totally, totally overall total energy intake in terms of calories so how much food generally is the nine to five athlete eating on a very active day like a weekend day so a three hour plus exercise compared to a lower active day like a weekday training session at the gym lasting say 30 minutes focusing on strength core etc so we could make that important and urgent figure out roughly how much you're eating on the day where you're burning the most and how much you're eating roughly on the day where you're burning the least. Um, it doesn't have to be that specifically in that important and urgent bracket, but say that's something that I've chosen to do. So that's the main action point. They can look into that and get going with that straight away. So an example of a non-urgent but important tool is to say, for example, establish the nine to five athlete sweat rate. So how much does the nine to five athlete sweat in terms of liters per hour? Now, I remember, I think Danny Weber, um, a performance nutritionist, went in a bit more into a bit more depth around this about how to do it um, around, obviously, weighing yourself before and after training sessions, thinking about the weight on the scales. If one gram is one milliliter, how much you're eating and drinking. So I'll link to that in the show notes um, and, and you can jump into that episode and you can hear a little bit more. Um, but for me, you know, it's it's important as a, as a rough estimate of the sweat rate um, to, to gain, you know, for for me on a, on a practitioner's level so I can understand how much might be leaking out. And then thinking about the, the rehydration side um, later on, obviously for for recovery, um, obviously for cognition and things like that, that for the nine to five athlete, 
especially on a single training session day. Yes, the training is important, the fueling recovery, but we've got the rest of the day too. So the water intake is important to support the cognition for the work, for the family, for life, things like that. Um, and, you know, I place that in, in the non-urgent but important section because they don't, the nine to five athlete doesn't need to do that straight away, but it is important. So it's something that we might tease out over time, but it isn't something that has to be done overnight the second the first consultation is done so if we move on to urgent but not important this is more of my opinion for this um we could look at an example would be in my experience establishing baseline measurements for the nine to five athletes body composition so if we just keep things simple we, ch- we choose something like a waist measurement usually the nine to five athletes that come and speak with me they they want to know how the work we're going to do together is going to influence their body composition some obviously then want to lose fats want to gain muscle whatever it is in my opinion you know at that time it's it's not necessarily important but a lot of the time in the nine to five athletes mind it is urgent they want to know they want to measure they want to know where things are going to go and as you probably found if you listen to this and you've gone on a weight loss journey or gaining muscle journey or something like that it takes a little bit of time so it isn't something that that we are going to put huge amounts of focus on um, in my opinion but from a nine to five athletes point of view they do want to know so that's why it's in and i call it that urgent but not important factor um sorry section um of this kind of task management model so if we wrap this little bit up uh, tape measure around the waist very simple we're going to get that done we're going to decide okay once a month before any food and drink first thing in the morning straight out of bed you're going to do that we've agreed it done boom so the final one non-urgent and non-important and we're staying on the case of the nine to five athlete has come to me in november 2020 they've got their a race races in summer 2021 and they're considering what to do there an example of a non-urgent and non-important in my experience is usually that in-depth conversation around sports nutrition products for race days, competition days. I'm talking about energy drinks, protein powders, protein bars, caffeine tablets or chewing gum, beetroot juice, creatine. I could go on. There's there's some. So I don't deny that these food products and supplements can play an active role in the nine to five athletes plan. However, Usually there are other things to focus on first. So the environment the nine to five athlete lives in, works in, eats in, the capabilities the nine to five athlete has in terms of skills, procuring, storing, preparing, balanced plates of food. And we don't have to create decision fatigue, I feel, together around um, how many gels shall I use here? What brands shall I use? I've heard a lot about plant-based protein powders over whey-based I have a lot of those conversations and I find the nine-to-five athlete wastes a lot of time you know puts that that kind of um, side of things the food products and the supplementation in the important and urgent section when really yes we do want to start introducing these and we do want to start um, challenging the gut adapting the gut the athlete's gut such an interesting area um, and obviously there's a huge spectrum from natural natural food products and supplements from some like 33 fuel all the way down to your kind of SIS and you know your commercially produced 
um, energy and energy products and sports nutrition products there. I'm not going to get into the the quality yet. Obviously, um, thirty three seals got more natural ingredients, but that that's just something where I find a lot of nine to five athletes place that in the important urgent where I'll kind of be like put a pin in it and we'll come back to it. We'll think more about that in the new year when the volume intensity is going up, when we might need to supplement your diet, we might need to get more protein in, we might need to get more energy in, we might need to get more electrolytes in, you know, what's the most important thing for you at the moment? Can we establish the total amount of food, the type of foods that you're eating on um, very high active days compared to low active days? Um, you know, what are the capabilities? So how, how good are you at just formulating a few meals for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, What's your kitchen environment like? Um, can you trust your oven um, in terms of is it at the temperature that it says it's in? How does it cook things? Do you have to keep an eye on it? Um, what's your, your pan situation like? What are your knives like? Your boards? Um, how are you storing food in your fridge, your freezer? When do you go for your big shop if you do that? Or do you pick up little things on the go? Often these are the things that are more important and urgent than the I'm going to worry about the supplementation. Um, I need to make sure I have X, Y, and Z drink before this session um, because we can build, we can build into that. So I've kind of gone off on a on a bit of a tangent there, but hopefully from that section, if we loop back, I like to use that task management model, a modified version of the task management model from Stephen Covey, um, just to start to aggregate a few things into the nine to five athletes busy mind we want to reduce decision fatigue if they chuck up on the wall matt i'm looking at body compositional change or matt i'm looking at performance or matt i'm looking at health we'll dig into the principles what do we know around the nutrition science the principles there um, that work that are evidence-based and then and then what can we do on a practical level and what's important and urgent and then what's not urgent and not important at the moment that we'll come back to. So I think before I finish this off, I said I'd do 20 minutes or so, we're just over. Another thing that I consider that is very simple, but often isn't isn't really at the forefront of the nine to five athlete's mind is lightening the load around meal times. It's probably one of the most important recommendations um, and one of the most impactful, but easily the most simple. So, like I said, I've set the scene busy, foot down on the accelerator, early starts, uh, late evenings, work, family, training. If I can get a buy-in and impress on the 9-to-5 athlete that eating in a peaceful environment may be beneficial for digestion, energy levels, cognition and mood, then in my mind, I've got the relationship off to a good start. So if you're listening to this and this is you, do you eat in a peaceful environment? Have you got your phone out, TV? Uh, are you listening to something, wolfing down food? Do you chew your food well? Um, do you drink water or another beverage with a meal? Do you take your time? Do you let your body just be aware that you're eating? Uh, do you sit? Do you engage in conversation? Do you actually look at the food that you're eating? These are the kind of things that that encompasses in my mind, lightening the load around a meal time. So that's one final thing to consider.
Cool. So in my experience, look, the nine to five athlete has a high health literacy. So what I mean by that, and if you're listening to that and you're in that bracket, you're aware, you're aware of um, the basics around nutrition. You're aware of um, an average dietary pattern to to be healthy. You're aware of food groups. Um, you're, you, you know, once we come down through food groups, we've got carbohydrates, fat, protein, dairies taken out sometimes in the fat side. Um, uh, we've got fruits and vegetables, things like that. A, a lot of the nine to five athletes I encounter are aware of these things. They might even be more aware of things on the nutrient level. So vitamin D, vitamin C, and then even under that, these bioactive food components. So the antioxidants, the these kind of non-nutritive compounds in coffee, um, in in berries and things like that. I, I speak to some of these nine to five athletes and they do have a high health literacy. Um, so my role, basically, I tend to act as this soundboard during the onboarding process to build bridges. And in the initial consultation, I try to reduce the nine to five athletes decision fatigue on all things nutrition to support health, performance and body compositional change. And often it's just challenging the nine to five athlete to pick the most important thing they want to achieve. And then we go to work. So during the follow up consultations, I often reach into my toolbox. I pull out the task management module as a tool. Um, the togetherness part of the relationship requires, you know, initiative and an agreement. Um, and all we have, sorry, we all have different styles as practitioners. So that again is how things may change if you're working with a nutrition coach, a nutritional therapist, a sports nutritionist, a dietitian, and you and you're building a relationship at the start you're agreeing on things obviously that's where it's going to change practitioner to practitioner Um, but you know between the nine to five athlete and and myself we know we know what we want to do together and and as as steve ingham has uh, quoted before in his on his email newsletter that really resonated me the hard part is making it a top priority in the nine to five athletes eyes and and that part is why you know, I'm a nutrition, I'm a nutrition practitioner and why I love what I do. So I hope you found this useful, lovely people. It's, it's a window into what I do with a nine to five athlete, but hopefully you've got, you've got some useful things out of there. The, the task management model, um, thinking about training intensity and duration, um, looking at environment in terms of food capabilities, boots on the ground what are you doing in terms of preparation procuring storing food things like that what are your skills like in the kitchen um, and then motivation so not just setting up a, a really audacious challenge but being motivated to to make some of these things a top priority doing the little bits what's important and urgent compared to not important and not urgent so as always if you have any questions or comments let me know You'll find all of my details in the show notes in able to get in, in able to be able to get hold of me. Thanks for listening as always. Have a great week and I will speak to you soon.